Welcome to Wanderlust Wednesdays. This series is brought to you by study abroad students and staff at the University of Minnesota Duluth. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in again today. We are excited to have our guest, Kaylee Yan. Um, she just came back from an international student ex teaching experience in, in Slovenia. Um, Kaylee, would you just introduce yourself, um, who you are, your major, minor, um, and, and the program that you participated in? Yeah, so um, I'm Kaylee, and my major was integrated elementary and special education. So I got the dual license with elementary and special education. And I went abroad through the international student teaching program. So it was pretty nice that I was given this opportunity. Wonderful. Okay. And you just graduated, right? Yes. Congratulations. How yes. Exciting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And remind me, what is uh, what was the town or city um, in Slovenia that you were located in? Ljubljana, which is their capital. Okay. It's a pretty small capital for European cities, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and I'll have a, give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about just even the community and the city and what what that what that was like. Um, but I will start with um, just a couple of questions that I have here, and feel free to add on um, anything that you want to want to share. Um, did you always know that you wanted to study abroad? And if so, how did you choose your location? Um, I actually didn't always have the idea of studying abroad. It kind of just like sprung upon me maybe like a semester or two before actual student teaching came and I kind of like fell in love with traveling the summer before so like August 2022 and that's the first time I had ever been to Europe so then I was like well I got to jump on as many opportunities as I can so study abroad was just perfect for that and then uh, um it was more like a group effort. There was three of us. So we all kind of came to a consensus of Ljubljana, Slovenia. They did, at the time, Croatia didn't use the euro. So that was kind of a like a toll. It was kind of hard to get that currency that they used. And um, Slovenia did use the euro. And that was actually a big part of like my decision was the currency because okay. it, it was going to be much easier to get the euro than like the Croatian dollar. Okay. And those were the only two options we were given for elementary education. Oh, so okay. in Slovenia is just quaint and quiet and just a beautiful place. I heard beforehand that it was just like a hidden gem. So I was like interested to see what it was like. Nice. But, yeah. Yeah. What was the, what was the city like in the community or like even the architecture or nature or anything like that? What was it like there? Yeah. So there's a huge river that goes through the middle of the capital and that's like kind of the city center. So the city center is like a square essentially that has this huge church that's bright pink. And that's like the main place where you can get anywhere from that. And we only lived maybe like half a mile from that center so it was quite easy to get there and then along the river there's so many restaurants and shops and there's a market every Saturday that was like my favorite to go to it just seems more local and like like down to earth there than like any other city I visited in Europe yeah, but uh, but we were located like two miles from the school. So the school is a little further out that we taught at. Okay. How big was the school? Or like how, yeah, what was 
Go yeah, ahead. the school was a so it was a international school on half the side, and then a public Sylvanian school on the other side, which was um, K through eight, and then K through eight. Um, their grades are a little different. They call them like M1, M2, and I still don't know really the meaning of all of it because I was in a kindergarten room, okay. so I really just stuck with the little kids. Their kindergarten over there is different than kindergarten here. Their kindergarten is essentially like three through six instead of like just five and six. So it's almost like they almost treat it like a preschool, but it's still part of the school. Oh, wow. So yeah, it was interesting. So I was like working with kids from three to six instead of just like five five and yeah. 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 Oh, wow. So that, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, to, yeah, would you want to talk a little bit about that experience? I mean, I can I can see like there are some teaching environments here where they do that, or like I think of Montessori, for example, they do that combination where sometimes the older kids are with the younger kids, mm-hmm. and there's that dynamic of that di- age difference, um, yeah, interacting with each other. Do you want to yeah? Do you want to talk share a little bit about that? So with the three to six year olds, I really didn't get in um, much experience outside of that classroom, but they they worked well together like for all activities since it was like a younger age they only had like one lesson a day like focusing on their unit of inquiry which was like shadow and light which at this school they focus on like unit of inquiry which means like everything's like essentially hands-on the kids get to explore before you teach Mm -hmm. so every activity was just like hands-on and then maybe like five, like a lesson of like five to 10 minutes, like nothing long. Mm. And then they like reflected on like themselves, like in this process of learning. And so with like, since they were so little, obviously they can't write like written reflections. So they drew a lot mm. and it was really cool. <clears throat> on my Instagram, you can kind of see there's a picture of the shadow and lights like posted on the wall with like them drawing like the light and then their shadow in the light. Um, But my classroom was actually like, since it was like a kindergarten, they needed access to the like outside so they could get that outside time more than other classes. So it was actually placed like the classroom itself was like in the middle of like an internet or the like local school strip. So all the teachers and students around me were speaking Sylvanian. Wow. So it was like super interesting. And the kids in my classroom, they come from all over, but like the main language is English. But there is, it was so fun. There was like little groups, like a group of four boys that were like five and six that like were from Sylvania. So they all just spoke like English and Sylvanian to each other. And then this group of four girls that was like, four-year-olds and two of them were from Ukraine and two of them were from Russia and they just spoke Russian to each other nonstop. and it was so cute because you think they're like talking about something like intellectual or like serious or like just having a deep conversation because I have no idea what they're talking about yeah and I actually got a video of it and had someone translate it and they're just like talking about their Legos and like this person's going to do this and this and just playing. And it's just so interesting to see how like language is different for everyone. Yeah. But, and to hear it was I a think, really, yeah. 
to, to hear yeah and just to hear like kids that little talk about it and especially if you're not I don't sounds like you've done a little bit of travel but like for people who haven't before to see little kids speaking and hearing it mm-hmm. like, oh yeah it's that recognition that yeah you know, yeah the language was definitely the biggest part of my classroom because they weren't so they weren't old like like someone I went with is in like middle school math obviously all those kids are speaking English and they have to they get like told to speak English because they're at the international school mm-hmm. but my room was like not strict with that because they were so little mm-hmm. that like all these kids are like learning through English but their home language is something else like literally this three-year-old was like fluent in English Romanian and Italian wow in and yeah, and he got upset one time and like the teacher couldn't fully like explain what she was trying to like say. It was about like a teacher leaving the room for like one minute. Sure. And the teacher was trying to be like, no, sh- like he's coming back. Don't worry. And the kid could like not figure out what like was happening. So she grabbed like a four-year-old that also spoke Romanian and literally like told the four-year-old like what she was trying to say in English and then was like, can you tell so-and-so what I'm saying in Romanian? And this four-year-old totally translated from English to Romanian for a three-year-old. And it's like, that just doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah. Oh, that's And then did, was this child able to. Yeah. He yeah, was just like, it. Oh, okay. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. That's so cool to, to, to witness mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. at that age, you know, that is just, just isn't something that occurs here very often in the U S there's yeah. people that speak more than one language. And so to see that is, is, is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. It was uncomfortable at the beginning a little bit for yeah. me. Cause I was like, I don't know what's going on, Yeah. but after like a little bit, I just got comfortable and like knowing that it's okay to not know exactly what they're saying and just like being present and like learning from them yeah 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 mm-hmm. what about like in yeah I was gonna ask about language barrier and I didn't even think about asking about what it was like working with children um and mm-hmm. and, and they're knowing different languages did you feel fine it sounds like the, enough English is spoken around there did you feel fine otherwise like getting around the community and working with your colleagues and stuff um yeah so all the teachers and like faculty speak English at the international school which was perfectly fine it was more in like around the whole city essentially I was even like met some people and they were like saying in Slovenia English is almost like a must-have because you never know like Slovenian is like not the biggest language so you never know who's going to speak it and so everyone essentially spoke English it was more I didn't want to be like the inconvenience to be like okay now you have to speak English to me mm-hmm. at the beginning but now it, through time it, I got more comfortable with being like hi I'm sorry like whatever yeah but at first I was like I didn't want to even talk to I didn't want to even like talk to anyone in the stores because I was like uh, this is awkward but then it was fine yeah yeah did you pick up any I suppose you probably picked up a little bit of only a little bit. It was kind of like I really didn't pick up that much. I thought I'd pick up more. Like Dober Dan is like, like their greeting Hello, essentially. Yeah. It's like have a good day, hello, whatever. And like Dober Tech is bon appetit, and they say it every meal. <laughs> um, just like thank you and please and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Just I really did not pick that much up. I thought I'd pick up much more. 
but if but you I didn't need to yeah. right yeah and in your communication with students and stuff like that yeah because um, the students didn't all speak Slovenian either so it was like right I wouldn't speak that to them <laughs> yeah what um remind me how long were you there I was there weeks? for two months two months so eight okay. weeks okay yeah cool um mm-hmm. so when you were integrating and doing because you have prior to this experience you you did some student teaching here in the U.S. right mm-hmm. um, yeah and different age groups or was it all early childhood like this um well so I've had placements in all aspects so far except for high school special ed mm-hmm. but like actual student teaching I've I was in kindergarten right before. So I had eight weeks of kindergarten here and eight weeks kindergarten there. Okay. And so compare and contrast those, even just from the student teaching experience, um, obviously there's quite a, quite a bit different in the, in the international piece, but yeah, do you, can, you want to talk a little bit about that for like future um, for other students who might be interested in international student teaching, just talking about like, what, what are your reflections yeah. on that whole experience? So especially in the younger grades, I don't know what it is in the older grades. So like in the States, you essentially like starting in kindergarten, those kids are like grinding, they're going, they're doing math, like English, social studies, science. So like they're doing all the subjects um, and they have lunch and recess. Whereas in like an international school they're focused like I said before it's like a unit of inquiry which they focus on like one aspect for a quarter of the year so I was there for two of these unit of inquiries the first one was shadow and light so all of their lessons only focus on shadow and light and you can integrate like math into that or like we had they celebrate Easter heavily there so like one of my math lessons was like an Easter math lesson. You don't just like teach math like you do here. You integrate it into their unit of inquiry. And we did a lot of field trips, which I didn't do any field trips back home. I know I missed one, but we did like four in the time that I was there. So like one every other week. And um. Then the other unit was water. So then they like learn science and like reading through water. Um, They didn't focus on like the actual aspect of like teaching the kids how to read. I think just because they do treat kindergarten there more like a preschool. Mm -hmm. So they didn't get like just the educational aspect was really different. Like the kids over in Europe were given like breaks 24 7 they had play time they had outside time like that just didn't happen here and I see aspects of both I think it also was because I was in a younger grade but there was also there was just like more leniency and like rules and like um lessons in this international school like Mm -hmm. kids kids schedules like very day-to-day instead of like seven to three every day like hour by hour kids would just yeah. leave yeah <clears throat> it's is really interesting actually because I would like walk through I'm like why are there so many kids in the hallway right now like don't they have class yeah but it was really interesting they just they just do it so different there yeah and it was really hard to get used to at the beginning I was like 
what's going on. But then it got easier and easier as the time went in building relationships just helped that so much more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, and this isn't every case in Europe, but I know like some of the other universities when our students go abroad for a semester and take courses at universities and some of them, it is broken up like that instead of like, mm-hmm. so you might sign up for, you know, three or four credits over the course of that semester, but like the first month is the one class, one credit, and you're focusing on that the entire month. You don't take on any other classes simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see that structure and, you know, mm-hmm. it's not right or wrong. It's just, it's just different. And like, mm-hmm. you know, you think about what are the pros and cons and that you really get to just focus on that, not be distracted yeah. by other you know, trying to multitask. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's just an interesting and unique approach. And like you say, yeah. there are, you know, pros and cons and takeaways from all sides. There are like, a, it was literally like the whole time I'm like comparing and contrasting, not in like a negative way, just like trying Observing. to see like both sides and like learning everything I could. It was just a lot of just well, we do this, but then they do this here and nothing's wrong with it. It's just, I had to learn how to adapt and adjust to both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, and just for our listeners, what, what Kaylee did a, um, created an Instagram account for her, um, to use during her time abroad. What is your handle? If people want to check out some of your posts and some of your stories. It's, it's Kaylee, which is spelled K-A-L-E-I-G-H underscore teaches underscore abroad. Perfect. Yeah. And so you can check, we, <laughs> we and, and on our UMD study abroad uh, Instagram account, we created like a highlight where you can also check some of those out, but it's, it's, it's super cool mm-hmm. and cute to see some of the pictures <laughs> of the little ones. It just sounds like, it seems like yeah. you had a, had a wonderful experience. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else do you want to share about the school or the educational aspect of it or you know, just any other, any other reflections that you think would be important to share with um, future international student teachers? Um, I would just say the biggest thing is like, they do do school very differently. And it's, it's almost hard to explain how different it is. Um, and just to be like, willing to be okay with that and making adjustments and like taking time for yourself too to like um I don't know the right word but like it's okay to kind of struggle a little bit in the beginning because I literally at the beginning I was like I can't do this I was like I don't know how I'm gonna do this and then you just kind of get used to it and you just have to be okay with feeling uncomfortable a lot of the time but that was like the biggest thing like overall kids are still kids it's just like a different structure Mm -hmm. so you just have to be okay with feeling uncomfortable Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. And it's so funny. I, you, I, um, I was in the Peace Corps and I taught high school English in Cambodia for, for two years. And there, <clears throat> there, and that, and that system was, uh, so we would have multiple subjects throughout the day, but just, there were other aspects of it that were just really challenging. Cause it's like, Oh, this isn't how it's done here. Mm-hmm. And then just allowing yourself to be frustrated with it for a while, because it's mm-hmm. just like, this is how you know how to do things and why isn't it working, but then taking a moment to step back and reflect and observe and see how how you can integrate and bring whatever practices that you want to bring forward, but also um, integrate fully into what into what they're doing and and what you can take away from that experience mm-hmm. in your you know in your future uh, teaching career. So yeah. yeah, cool. What were the hours like um, for for school there for children? Um, they like vary so much. It was crazy. Like a girl I 
was with that was also doing um it she was there from eight to like 11 and then the other person I was there with had like few days he would be there from like noon or like 11 to 1 like two hours a day 11 to 2 then like would be there a whole day a different day and my schedule was <clears throat> 9 to 3 okay Monday Tuesday Thursday and then 8 to or eight thirty to 12 Wednesday Friday so okay. really varying okay and they do have a lot of like assistant teachers and like subs that like come in and out okay that help around because they also allow teachers to have a lot of breaks throughout the day which was really cool because you don't see that here like mm-hmm. you never get a break except for lunch break and your prep and that's like the same every day mm-hmm. where they would be like switching off and it was just like a very loose dynamic where yeah. you, a lot of flow yeah yeah. It's, yeah. It's so interesting to see how other cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do feel like yeah. here, everything is scheduled out to a T and it's always go, go, go. Not even just in, in school or education, just, or once you're in the working you know, mm-hmm. world and, and all of that. So it, it's nice to reflect and see how other places do it. And what can we learn from that? Or just understand that, well, maybe we don't always have to be <laughs> mm-hmm. so streamlined, but, um, but yeah, oh, very cool. Um, I have some other questions that are just more about your international experience, but is there, um, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think, is there anything else that you want to add on the education side at this point? And if you think of other things as I, as you, you know, as I ask these other questions, we can add them there too, but before I transition. I don't think so. I think I touched on just like the most of being okay with being uncomfortable. That's like the biggest thing I wanted to get across. Yeah. yeah. And that's a huge one. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's what I love about these international experiences and seeing the growth that takes place because of situations like that, you know, you're forced Mm -hmm. to be in a situation where it's different. It's different from anything, you know, you know, but you get over that, you overcome it and you, you know, there's just a lot to take away from, um, from Mm -hmm. something like that too. So um okay let's see some of the other questions that I have just like what it was like in general to to live there what did you like the food what was um you talked a little bit about the the community but like what was your did you walk what did you have public transportation you want to talk a little bit about that just kind of everyday life yeah yeah so luckily the school provided a bus card for us with unlimited rides mm-hmm. the whole time we were there so we did take the bus for everything like that was my main way of transportation was the bus and walking um yeah that's how I got around the city but like for day trips like to Lake Blood and stuff there's like other types of buses I think the only thing I ever rode in was like a bus and maybe a car once yeah yeah but um yeah that transportation was quite easy there if you went in for everyone that's probably listening or is planning on going would be at the school so they'll get a bus card as well mm-hmm. and it's super easy to figure out um for the food it was it was good there like there was some dishes that were better than others and like some that were amazing and then some were like uh I'm okay we're not having <laughs> that again but yeah. it was mostly just like it's hard I have like a different like perception of it they eat a lot of like sausage and meat and I don't really eat meat so Mm -hmm. 
I mostly just stuck to the like the pasta and the bread and all that stuff. Yeah. And it was there's a few that were like amazing and but yeah, there's just restaurants along the whole river. So it was fun trying out all these new foods. I would say Sylvania doesn't have the most diverse food. Like they actually had like a lot of burgers. Like that was like a big thing there. And then um pasta obviously and then like sausage is like one of their native foods but yeah I don't I don't think I really ate anything crazy like while in Sylvania or anywhere I would say traveling I had better food not that Sylvania had like bad food it was just very like borderline basic yeah 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 yeah, but it was always good. There's a few restaurants that I was like, mm, I wish I could go back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was your, where did you stay? What was your accommodation? So I stayed in an apartment that was um, like in the like circle of the main city center, but it was like half a mile out of like the main square. Okay. Um, which I was actually by the main bus station that like goes elsewhere like for flicks buses and like the big bus station and the train station not just like a bus stop um which was so nice for like flicks bus and weekend trips because we just like jumped on like one second before and like I said it was like two miles out from the school but it was super easy because we had a bus pass. Um, bus and uh, just public trans- transportation in general. I mean, compared to like taking the bus here in Duluth, it's just mm-hmm. they're much more frequent and it's easier to get around everywhere with mm-hmm. the bus. Most people, I assume, don't yeah don't need a car to to live there. No, yeah, no, for sure. Especially in Ljubljana, Ljubljana is really small, okay. so it was super easy. Like the furthest we went out was like um like three or four miles. And we were like, oh my gosh, we're so far out. But it was only like three miles. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And the bus system, like it says like the line at the top and it's just so easy. Um, but yeah, we had a apartment that was a long term Airbnb. Mm-hmm. I I soon learned that it was probably more expensive than like real housing there. But I don't know how to go about like just like getting a apartment over there for mm-hmm. two months. Yeah. So right, I was like, short time. Yeah. Yeah. Just bite the bullet for that one. I mean, yeah. it, in the standard of like states, it was not super expensive, but like over there, I told someone they're like, you're paying that much. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I don't know how else I would have found an apartment. Yeah. 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 I suppose. What was the scenery like or um, yeah, the landscape like in, in Ljubljana? So, like, it was surrounded by mountains, essentially. Mm. You could, like, see the mountains, like, from all, like, like a circumference of mountains. And it was kind of gloomy most days. Mm. It was, it was, it got nice sometimes. I It was much colder than I thought it was going to be. I thought, oh, at first, when I was packing, I was like, it's going to be so cold. I need all this stuff. And then I was like, wait, looking at the weather, I was like, it's not going to be that cold. And then when I got there, I was like, it's kind of cold. I shouldn't, but <laughs> I thought I packed a great amount for what the weather was like. But mm-hmm. yeah, so like landscape wise, it was just a lot of buildings and like just like any other European city. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like 
buildings and then surrounded by mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the mountain, yeah. I mean, the mountains are pretty, I'm sure. <laughs> when the yes. sun's out. Yeah. <laughs> and you can yeah. See it was actually, and you could actually see a progression of like the snow melting more and more on the mountains. Cause like from my apartment, you could see one of their biggest mountains and you could just see the snow like progressively melting and it's kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so it sounds like you had some time on the weekends to do a little bit of exploring. Did you explore throughout Sylvania or did you travel um, outside of the country at all? I actually tried to get around a decent amount. So luckily we were there during their spring break. Mm. So we <laughs> nice. got a week off. <laughs> we got a week off. Um, during that week, I did my longest trip, which was um, I took a bus to Milan, which is a pretty long bus ride okay <laughs> like it was like seven hours and mine got delayed by two. Oh shoot <clears throat> so it was pretty long and then okay. I stayed in Milan for two nights and then I flew from Milan to London and I met a friend in London for like three or four nights I can't remember mm-hmm. and I flew back to Venice I didn't explore Venice and then I but I, that was like the cheapest airport around because mm-hmm. Ljubljana is not a cheap airport, <clears throat> we learned. Okay. And then took a bus back and I did that solo traveling and it was honestly like amazing. At first I was like, at that point it was at the end of the trip, so I wasn't super nervous, mm-hmm. but I was like, okay and comfortable with being alone. And I actually met like three great girls two in Lake Como and then like one back at the hostel Mm. and it was like awesome like I can't even explain how like happy I was to meet those girls because I was like struggling at the beginning a little bit with like was this worth it and like I like it was a great experience but I was like I wish I could have been home with my friends and family too Mm and I was like having that internal battle of like just making sure it was worth all this hassle and like literally this last trip made like the whole thing worth it and it was like so great I literally was like calling my mom and I was like I'm so happy and it was just like you I didn't realize like just so many opportunities can come when you just like explore and do things on your own yeah yeah and then you don't have like other people like having like opinions and like you can just do whatever you want (laughs) yeah yeah like even eating the food you want sure Um, yeah so that was that was super great I was just gonna say so you felt comfortable solo travel by yourself booking everything finding the hostels and hotels you you felt comfortable and safe doing that yeah for sure I did um I kind of leaned and uh, gradually got into the hostel life Mm -hmm. but first like the people I was staying with, we went to um, Vienna in Salzburg together. And then we did, we gradually did like a private room, the three of us. And then in Salzburg, we did like a public room with like the three of us all in one room and then someone else. And then I got to gradually do that. And then in Milan was the only other time I actually did a hostel and I did like the public or the like girls dorm by myself and that's actually where I met one of the girls I was like charging my phone pooped from the day of Lake Como and she's like ready to be best friends I'm like I guess so (laughs) (laughs) cool where where was she from or where yeah where were the people from that you she was from Brazil the one 
that was in my hostel. And then the two girls, uh, two other girls I met from, I was in Lake Como for a day trip from Milan and they were from Australia. Oh, cool. So, so was, yeah, international friends yeah. just randomly on, mm-hmm. a, on your own solo trip. That is so, that's yeah. like the fun part of traveling. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was, I loved meeting new people. It was my favorite part. Yeah. Um, and one of the questions I had too, because so, I mean, any, and I think it's to be expected when you, when anyone goes abroad for um, a little bit of a longer period of time, that feeling of excitement, but then some homesickness, I assume, like, did you mm-hmm. experience homesickness and how did you overcome it or what did you do? To- yeah. So I'm like the poster child of like a homebody which is quite interesting because like I love to travel and I lo- I loved going abroad. So homesickness was something I actually like dealt with. I it actually like the homesickness started like almost before I left. I like once I was there I was like fine and I was able to like call and FaceTime, but like my my biggest problem was the going there. I struggled so hard like leaving my classroom in the states. And then leaving my family and friends, I literally like bawled and bawled. And I was like, I can't go. I can't go. Um, And then once I went, I was like, okay, it's fine. I can do this. Um, It was mostly just like keeping in like the way I got through it was like keeping in touch enough where you feel like they're still there, but not too much to feel like you're only talking to them, which was like my biggest balance like I literally made a schedule because of the time difference like my best friend she works from home on Wednesdays so Mm -hmm. Wednesdays was always like our day to FaceTime um like my grandma she is pretty free to call during her work day so I called her like after school and then like my mom I talked to on the weekends so it was like a good balance throughout the week where I like could go like talk to one person like once a week and the other you know just like balanced it out through the week so I didn't feel like I was missing out on being home although like I was still present in like being abroad it was just like I needed that to like function I know like some people don't talk to their family like as often I do and I talk to my family so much when I'm home too so that's like a part that I had to bring abroad although like some people don't um but yeah that's like what I did I was just like made a schedule and knew that like they were still like wanting me (laughs) here and like talking to me because when I came home I was like not that I was like oh everyone forgot about me but I was like obviously everyone else's life at UMD carried on and like I wasn't a part of like even my roommates and like just my friends and back home like all of their lives carry out carried on and I was like oh whatever they'll just like no one really realized as a fraud and literally I was just out and about Friday evening and night and people were like Kaylee you came back and you didn't tell anyone and I was like I guess I didn't I was so busy I didn't tell anyone I was coming back <laughs> and it was just like a relief to know that like although you're abroad like people still like love and miss and like like your presence back home too so that's like something I had to keep in mind with the homesickness was knowing that like it's okay I'm gone <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not gonna like disappear yeah. Yeah. And you pick but up yeah. where you left off when you come back. It's yeah. Like, literally. I mean, I 
Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something for students to remember when they are thinking about going abroad, especially for an extended period of time. It's it it sounds like a long time and it and it kind of is, but it's like they'll they'll be here when you get yeah. back. You know, you will have this like experience while you're there that'll be so unique and different from anything else that you've done. Mm-hmm. And to be able to have that bit. And yes, of course. Yeah. Your true friends and your family and your loved ones <laughs> will still be here for you. Yes. You so back. for everyone that's listening, it's okay to like be gone for a period of time like yeah. it's not gonna like the world's not gonna end back home <laughs> yeah definitely no that's that's um that's good advice um maybe a little talk a little bit about the culture culture what was like the most interesting thing you learned about the culture there and anything that you learned about your own culture and reflecting on you know any differences or or, or things that you um experienced so I would say something that stood out was like their eating culture is very slow moving. Um, this one girl was like explaining to me that they literally just sit for hours and hours and just chat, which is like great. But then like for us that are like so fast, your server is like tending to you 24-7. I was like, kind of thrown off but I got used to it obviously uh, another big thing especially in Sylvania since it's a smaller um, country they don't split checks there mm-hmm. at all I feel like so, that's like, the case in a lot of actually a lot of other yeah like, the US I mean, is like, so much more open to that yeah because like when I went to other places it was like fine I guess like more eastern Europe was more not splitting checks but like oh. in like Italy and France and like Germany those places were like willing to split checks and I was like that's whatever but in Sylvania it was just like nowhere ever so we always had to like figure that out with us and like I know that's so little and like so not important but like when you're so used to splitting checks with your friends always here it was like okay who's paying for this one who's Venmoing who's doing this so I just like have that in mind that like they don't split checks much over in Europe in general Okay, so in terms of your study abroad experience, what do you feel like you learned and and you just got back? So I feel like you'll continue to have some reflection and I'm sure there will be more that takes place whenever you do your next student, whenever whenever you're in a classroom again next for sure. Um, But what do you feel like Mm -hmm. you learned about yourself? How do you think you might be different? How are you the same? Um, If you had to kind of think about that for a moment. Yeah, so actually I was saying like to my friends and family, I feel like I learned a lot about myself during that time. Um, Definitely I have learned and been more comfortable with like being alone and being like independent and like taking charge of like what I need to happen and like, uh, like, and I can't really force or like, um, like I can't control what other people and what their plans are. And so really just taking charge of my own life was like what I learned most about myself was that I can do that and it's okay to be selfish in situations like that. Um, and with that, I just feel like I'm like unstoppable now. I'm like, I should travel here. I should travel here. I should go here. And like, even now, like I'm back home and I'm like, should I just go out to dinner by myself? I've never done that yeah. in like the States by myself and especially in my hometown. And I'm like, 
almost just did it without even like thinking. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's weird because I have like gained so much independence and I like was independent before, but I still am the same by like relying on my friends and family for that like comfort at the end of the day. I don't know. I, like I said, I'm like the biggest homebody. I don't know what I would do without my friends and family. So, but yeah. And then just for school wise, I think I like a bigger, uh, like perception of, and like open-mindedness of like, like teaching and how it can go about, um, and everything about that. Okay. So I guess my last question is what would you say to students who are on the fence about, and in particular, I mean, maybe study abroad in general, but but in particular, maybe international student teaching who are maybe on the fence or not quite sure, is this something I want to do and take the time out to do? Yeah. Um, what would you say? I would say to just do it and like do it with an open mind, because I think especially for like international student teaching, you're not, not losing any time with that. Like, I don't know how it is like with regular study abroad, but if like maybe you're with like regular study abroad, you're taking classes that might not fit with your major. If it might just be more for fun, I don't know. But like with international student teaching, you're not losing any time in your major. You're not adding any more hours or any more credits. It's just essentially built into your program. So why not take that extra step? And it's, it was so great and you learn so much more about different styles of teaching and you meet so many different people, whether they're adults and teachers or people around the city or people in other countries. So I think it's just a great opportunity that it shouldn't be put away. Yeah. Keep it keep it at the front of your mind. Yeah, yeah. And especially like with I think the the experience of working with elementary age children too to get that perspective of, mm-hmm. of you know little ones um from mm-hmm. another culture I'm sure you you took away some from that as well yes yeah. for sure very cool all right well Kaylee thank you so much for taking time to chat with us about your um your student teaching experience this is the first mm-hmm. podcast we have with um someone who who's done that program so thank you and yeah. we wish you all the best in your next chapter and um, and hopefully you continue to to travel uh, in in the <laughs> future as well. I I feel like everyone always gets to travel, yes. but once you actually go, it's like okay, yeah. Well, what am I gonna do next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, definitely. Awesome. Okay. All right. Take care. Thank you. <laughs>